Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to jump right in today because um, I've got a few passages I want to read out just to set the scene a little bit. But uh, let me pray just before I start. Lord, we, we thank you that you're here with us this morning. And we do ask that we would receive everything that you have for us. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and speak into our hearts this morning that you would increase your presence, increase our awareness of you. And Lord, we ask that you would accomplish everything that you want in our lives today and, and this week and this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to share on what I've called winning God's way, winning God's way, which is slightly different than winning the world's way. Uh, Francis Chan says, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. And it's easy in our modern day fast paced lives to just plow on ahead in our careers, in our lives, in our building of whatever we're building and just, just go with the flow of whatever seems to come our way rather than having a direction, having a focus, having a purpose. And it's often one of the hardest things I think for us humans is to find our purpose and maybe there's uh, some of us who have multiple purposes, not just one, but actually finding that thing. And I think that's what I want to just explore today. I want to start reading from Luke chapter 11. We're going to read quite a few verses. Luke chapter 11, and I'm reading from the New Living, which we've got up there. And this is Jesus teaching his disciples about prayer. He said, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, um, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door's locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for his friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And I'll, I'll leave that there. It's a really interesting teaching. Um, it's one that I continually go to for some reason because it's an encouragement to not give up. And I want to encourage you this morning, whatever pursuit you're on in life, in the Lord, if you know you're following after His will and His way, then don't give up. Because life has this weird and wonderful way of throwing us challenges. The enemy has a weird and wonderful way of throwing us arrows, opposing fiery darts, the Bible calls them. And so we've got this journey. We've got to continually refresh ourselves and remind ourselves we have an enemy we have natural laws that kind of work against us sometimes. But to win God's way, it takes persistence. It takes endurance. It takes stability. It takes 
a fight sometimes. Sometimes it takes a yielding. And so this passage here that Jesus is talking about is encouraging us, keep on knocking. If you're not getting the answers that you want, keep going. If you're not hearing his voice in that way that you dream about or that you want, keep asking the question because this is the words of Jesus to you and me. And he's using an example here of if, if we went round a friend's house and knocked on our friend's door and he's fast asleep and he's saying, just go away and come back another time. It's quite a friendly friend, isn't it? But uh, obviously they know each other really well. So he's like, get lost. Come, come back when I'm awake. But this is Jesus' reminder to us, don't give up. Don't give up. Because when it's his way and it's his will, then it will come to pass. And that's what I want to explore today is one of the, the key things that I've realized in my life about succeeding God's way, because I've certainly been around a whole lot of people in my business arena of very successful people who have all sorts of mantras and ways of succeeding in life. And you'll go to seminars and you'll hear a different emphasis on almost every person. That's because it's their story. Everyone tells everything through their story. And so what their revelation is uh, sometimes gets put on us and we think, oh, now we've got to do that. We've got to do those five steps. Now we've got to do those seven steps. And now we've got to have this particular routine in the morning or at night. Or now we've got to, you know, have this tonic, you know, before we go to bed and, and we'll wake up feeling energised and we'll do that. And I don't know how many cycles you have to go through when you've tried the latest thing and you realise it's not my thing or maybe it's just not working because it's someone else's. Well, I want to encourage you today, when you find his will, everything else begins to fall into place. And so Matthew 6.10, he says, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it, isn't, on, as it is in heaven. I just combined 15 words all in one then. It's a gift. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's about his will. When we find his will, we find our will. When we find his heart for our lives, which comes through earthly vessels, and it looks funny and sounds funny sometimes. But when we hear his heart for our lives, we begin to have a rudder in our lives of stability because we don't have to jump after every latest thing anymore because we hear his heart. I've found it quite comforting over the years, whether it's in ministry, business, family life, or just is to find my groove. Now, it doesn't mean God won't challenge us out of that. Of course he does. He always does. He always likes to bring a fresh bit of challenge or life or inspiration. But when we find our heartbeat, the way God operates through us, we often find his will. And when we find his will, we find our will. And when we keep seeking him, maybe you haven't found that yet, keep seeking him, keep knocking, keep asking, because God has a plan for your life and he has a, a perfect plan for your life. You might have think he's forgotten about you. He hasn't forgotten about you. You might have thought it's too late. It's never too late to find God's heartbeat. Or maybe you think someone else is gifted. Someone else has got that talent. Someone else has got this. Listen to what he's saying to you. Seek him. Listen, keep knocking. And just like Scripture says, I uh, can't imagine Jesus saying, go away, come back another time. But sometimes he makes us wait. Sometimes he makes us wait agonizingly long. I don't know about you, but 
There's been times where I've literally said, I'm going to let go. If this is going to take another week or month or year or two years, I'm just letting go. This has taken way too long. And to be honest, if I was God, I would be sending revival to Australia right now. But for some reason, he tarries. He waits. I don't know why, but, but that's, he's God. He's in control. And so sometimes it takes persistence and, and, and our endurance to get through. When we find his will, we then have a choice of obedience. Obedience, following his will. When we find his will, we might know his will and his calling for our life, but it's a whole other thing to follow it. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If we're chasing after all of the world's ways and patterns and styles, if we're trying to get all the fruits of what the world is going after, then we are going to be very disappointed if we're a believer. If you're not a believer, it might satisfy you while you're here on earth. It's not going to satisfy in the next life, but it might satisfy you while you're here on earth. But if you're a believer, you're going to be a frustrated person because you'll have schizophrenia, bipolar. You'll be like one minute the kingdom, the next minute the world's way. And it's frustrating because we sort of take a little bit of that fruit, we take a little bit of that fruit and mash it into our body and we, and we don't get the results that we want because there really is only one way and it's His way. It's His way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And He allows us to journey through stuff. But don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world. This is the New Living Translation. I did it in the New Living because we've all heard the NIV version a thousand times of this passage. But I think this explains it really well. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Every one of us is continually being changed. Every time we read Scripture, we're being changed. Every time we worship, in a gathering like this and we hang around other Christians, we get sharpened, we get challenged, we get changed. And it's all about changing the way we think. Because there's this carnal, there's this earthly nature that keeps wanting us to think a certain way. And this is this, this inward battle that every single human has between the flesh and the spirit, between death and life, if you like. And Holy Spirit has been given to us so that he will continually allow us to be transformed. Transforming the way you think. Changing the way you think. So that we're thinking more like his kingdom. And when we find his will, we then have a choice to follow his will. What is God asking of you right now in your life? What has he put in front of you to follow? Has, has he got anything in front of you that you are just hesitant on. I want to encourage you. Don't hesitate if he's put something in front of you. If he's got it in front of you and you know it's of him and it's confirmed and you've got other people that would just affirm that about you, then go after it. Go. It's always nerve-wracking when I see Karen and Natalia chatting on the front row. I'm like, what's going on? Is my fly down? Is my, are my pants rolled up oddly? I had one of the band members tell me last week, you got one left one rolled up more than the right one. It was bugging me the whole time. They're all okay, thank you. I got a ruler, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's patterns of the world. It's rolled up pants. It's, I know, it's weird. 
following after God's will. Following after God's will. It's not always easy. I don't know about you, but this, this life throws us a whole lot of curveballs. There'd be situations that you've been through and I've been through that we wouldn't have guessed a decade or two ago that we would have gone through. But for some reason, these things are put in front of us. For some reason, challenges and trials come about in our lives, whether it's the enemy, whether God allows it, whether it's our own decisions, whether it's other people. It's, it can be a myriad of things, but these things will come about and every single person will face challenges and trials. The issue is, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with that stuff? How are we going to walk through it? Are we going to walk through well? Are we going to walk through and, and gain knowledge and wisdom and understanding? Or are we going to get offended and bitter and harsh and resent things and resent people? And it's a tough way to live. I've learned that resenting things and people is actually the harder way because I'm drinking the poison. They're not drinking the poison. I am. And I get the sickness. No one else. They don't even know I'm resenting them. They're happily just going about their lives. Here I am resenting them. I'm drinking the poison and it's hurting me. And this is what it's like when we don't go through these challenges and we don't become better, but we actually hold resentment and we're hurting ourselves. So we want to stop going about the ways of the world and we want to be transformed into a new person by changing the way we think. This often happens in the tough times. I found that on the mountaintops, in the good times, everything is easy. Everything's easy. It's like, it's like wow, it's a beautiful day and God is good and, and everything is rosy and you're full of faith. And then Monday morning comes and challenges come and trials come and there's scenarios that you can't control or maybe there's a fence that you can take. This is when the rubber hits the road. Will you be transformed now? Will your thinking be transformed in the tough spots? I've said this many times and it's a movie I've quoted. I've even preached about it. Uh, and I always forget the title of the movie. Karen will, will know what it is. But uh, what is it? It's, uh, well, you were watching it the other day. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I know you're enjoying it already. Um, letters to Juliet. Letters to Juliet where the, the, the wise older lady tells the, the lovey-dovey couple, uh, you know, life is the messy bits, guys. <laughs> life is the messy bits. And, and the truth is, how well we conduct ourselves through the messy bits will determine our promotion here on earth. It will, it will determine a whole lot of stuff. Uh, if I just bring it back into, into my business setting for a moment... It's, it's really easy in a secular or a business environment, a corporate environment, um, and most of you all know this, it's very, very easy to see that good people with good hearts and qualifications get promoted. It's, now, you might say, well, that's not true of politicians or, you know, something else. I don't know. Some, maybe some sarcastic people. I know Brian, Ed, Brian is thinking that over there. But... Uh, See, I can just feel his vibes coming at me. But it's one of those things that sometimes when we translate that to our journey with the Lord, we, we cut it off and we think that doesn't apply. It does apply. Because the Bible actually talks about when we are given a little bit, if we steward that really well and we're wise with that little bit, then he'll give us more. 
It's a biblical principle that when we actually take what God's given us and say, okay, I'm going to be honourable with this little bit. I'm not getting the bigger bit yet and it's frustrating me, but I'm going to be honourable with that. And when we're honourable with that, he gives us more. And this is what the kingdom is like. This is transforming our mind when we actually take on these challenges. Jack Hiles said, God won't do for you what you can do for yourself. Interesting thought. God won't do for you what you can do for yourself. Or I might just change that slightly. God won't do for you what you should do for yourself. Because sometimes he just sovereignly steps in and does it anyway. He's just, he's a loving heavenly father. But oftentimes he's given us things. He's put things in front of us, even this week, this month, this year, that only we have the assignment. Only we have that assignment. Now, maybe he'll pass it over and give it to someone else if, if we don't take it up. But I believe that a father has given each one of his kids assignments, callings, giftings, talents. What has he given you and how are you stewarding it? How well are you handling whatever he's given you? Your, your prayer life is, is a gift. Your prayer life, worship, spending time with him, your voice, your generosity, your hospitality, your gifts, whatever it is, whatever he's given you, what are you doing with that stuff? Because it's all kingdom stuff and there's people waiting for it. And this all leads, once we hear his will and we follow his will, it all leads to fulfillment and fruitfulness. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So it's a big statement, isn't it? You didn't choose me. Isn't that funny? We thought we responded at the altar. But it was the leading of the Holy Spirit that calls us in. It, it, he, just, he just grabs hold of us and says, now's your time. And if you don't know Jesus, the reason you're probably here is because His Spirit has been moving on your heart saying, it's time to come. It's time to come to me. And this is what God does by His love and His grace. He brings in the harvest. He says, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. This is what happens when we hear his voice, when we follow his will, we're obedient. We are promised a life of fruitfulness and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. I'm finding as I'm getting older, I don't know, some of you uh, who are slightly older than me might be able to uh, fill me in on this, but as I'm getting older, I'm actually asking for less extravagant things <laughs> or I'm asking for less things because uh, I suppose I'm realising that unless it's in his will, it's probably not going to be beneficial. Whereas, you know, when you're a whippersnapper, you just ask for everything and you find out what's good and what's not good. You know what I mean? It's part of learning, isn't it? But finding God's will and then following his will leads to fruitfulness. I want to guarantee you something this morning. If you listen to his voice and you are obedient to his voice, you will find fruitfulness. If you've found previously in other scenarios that it hasn't led to fruitfulness, then go back and have a look at where it's gone wrong. Maybe it's persistence. Maybe it's just you've been outside of His will. Maybe you're not hearing. And I know I've done this for myself. Sometimes 
when I thought something was going to come about and it just hasn't come about in the way I thought, I've gone back and I've realised I interpreted it through my lens, not through God's lens. And it's important sometimes to take a step back and say, God, what are you saying? Get rid of my agenda. What are you saying? Get rid of my desires and what I'm thinking this outcome should be. What are you saying? Because when we hear his voice, nothing will shake you. There's times where you will need to stand like a a rock that is absolutely unshakable and unmovable because you'll feel like everything around you is shaking. And you'll need to stand on that word, stand on his voice. If he's told you something, stand on it. If he's given you promises, if if he's given you that, then you stand and it won't really matter what events happen around because you've got that to stand on. And we all need that because in this life, life is actually fairly short, isn't it? We need to be able to listen to his voice, follow his voice and realise that in this life, God promises that we will have a certain amount of fruitfulness and joy, but ultimately it's about eternity. And when we have an eternal mindset, we actually realize that the stuff here on earth is of value to a certain degree, but it's of greater significance what happens in eternity. What's he saying to us? What's he putting in front of us? What, what encouragement? What challenges? Is he trying to stretch you? Is he trying to grow you? Is he trying to prune various areas? As I've said many times, I learn a lot about the kingdom of God in my garden. And Karen's been enjoying my tomatoes lately. And, um, and there's, there's a lot of them. I have, didn't realise how many tomato plants I grew. Keith did warn me, but uh, they're everywhere. But I'm telling you, when things are in season, they are unstoppable. When God's fingerprint is on your life and you listen to his will and you follow after in obedience what he's saying or what he's, what he's saying not to, then his season will chase you down. It's unstoppable. You cannot stop a tomato from ripening when it's connected into the vine. I've proven that. No matter how many bugs and other obstacles and my dog likes to come and knock them all off the vine and it gets a good kick up the rear and, you know... But the, these things, God has ordained these things to happen and it's like the kingdom for us. There's things that will happen this week that he's ordained already. And when we're listening to him, when we're following like a, like a river, it, it'll happen and we'll hear it coming. We'll hear his voice coming. We'll go, ah, okay, okay. I know what that is. I know that challenge. I'm not going to throw myself at that. I know what that's happening. And we will know how to navigate these challenges better. We'll gain in wisdom. We'll gain in wisdom. And this all leads to fruitfulness. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I love fruitfulness. I love fruitfulness. I want to finish by just reading this passage over us again. John 15, 16. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. God has called you and me to produce lasting fruit. Fruit for the kingdom. That's other people that we can tell about Jesus. That's a life that gives testimony to Jesus. That's in the little things and the big things. You might be thinking, well, you know, I'm 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 just I just have this lot in life. But whatever he's given you, he's entrusted you with things. Whatever whoever he's put around you, he's entrusted you with those people. 
And he wants you to produce fruit with those people. He wants you to produce kingdom fruit wherever you are. And I believe he'll give us opportunities this week and this year that he didn't give us last year, that he's putting in front of us now. And so I want to pray today that we would take whatever challenges, whatever trials he might be, you know, walking us through and journeying through with him, we will be able to bear kingdom fruit and testimony of Jesus, even in the trials, even in the struggles. When we have a chance to be offended, we will be bigger than the offence. And, and this might happen to me this week. <laughs> it normally does. And I have to go, okay, remember God's word. We want to produce lasting fruit. We want, to produce, we want to multiply the kingdom of God, produce lasting fruit. That's what he's called you to do, lasting fruit. What does it look like for you to produce lasting fruit? I want you to stand and we're going to pray. Lord, we just ask this morning that you would fill us with your word and your truth and that your lasting fruit would be evident in our lives. Lord, we lay down offences, we lay down blockages and things that have got in the way. And today we ask that you would fill us by your Spirit. You'd fill us with your Holy Spirit. Enable us, strengthen us to hear your word and to respond. And Lord, I pray for those of us who maybe haven't thought we're good enough, maybe haven't thought we can't hear God's voice or everyone else is going to get a promotion, everyone else is going to get other good things, but I never do. Lord, I pray that you would speak your words over them this week. You'd speak your love and your truth and your hope over us this week. And we ask, Lord, that your kingdom would come. Your power would be released in our region. Even this year, in significant ways, we ask for kingdom fruit for it to be released. Kingdom fruit to be released. By the power of your spirit, Lord, we, we ask this morning that you would move in this region, move in our city, move in our nation. And Holy Spirit, we say, come and have your way. Come and have your way. And Lord, we thank you for your word and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. 